Hello and welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me today. Today we are going to be breaking some new ground. Geographically speaking, we're going to go into a place that we haven't gone into before, a part of Scotland, and I'm excited to do it. I'm always excited to go into new territory. I love exploring, whether it's intellectually or actually on my feet or on a horse or however mode of transportation I love going to new places, and we're going to do that today in our podcast. But first, let me give a shout out to USA Kilts, my sponsor, who make a mighty fine kilt and all the other things that go with expressing your pride in your Scottish heritage. So if you are at all in the market for a kilt or anything else to express that heritage to the world, saying, hey, I'm connected to Scotland. Whether it's your ancestry or you just like Scottish stuff. Maybe you just watched Outlander and you're all wound up about Scotland and clans and stuff. And you're just like, you know, I I need something. Go to usakilts.com. That's their storefront. Their YouTube channel is USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions. And it has tons of awesome content. Go on there. Check them out. Um, If you end up doing business with them, their products are awesome. Their customer service is outstanding. I think you're going to have a good experience. All right. Well... Now, let's, let's get into the, the... Well, before we get into the Sinclairs, I just want to give some brief shouts out. One, to Norma McLeod, who su- supplied me with my content for la- the last episode with the kidnapping McLeod taxman. Now, Mac- Norman had reached out to me, and I can't remember on what platform. I went looking all over the place for his response. He... I, I can't remember if it was... I couldn't find it in my my email, thescottishclans at gmail.com, just in case you want to send me a personal email, which I've had some outstanding interactions on there in the last few weeks. So um, thank you, Norman, Isaac, others that I've really enjoyed my interactions out there. But um, I couldn't find it. I had checked Facebook Messenger, couldn't find it on there. So Norman, if you're listening to this, I got it somewhere in there, and I'm going to try to do, do right by you. So Norman supplied me with this content, and I just pretty much read it. I didn't uh, go into a lot of critique on it. Um, it, going into deeper details on some of those things. Norman felt strong in there. We we're talking about, it's a story about a, a McLeod taxman, or the son at the time of a McLeod taxman, who was into some shady business, started with, with the help of another, rounding up people in the Hebrides, on, from, the, from the property of the McLeod of Harris and Dunvegan and the, the McDonald of Slate territory, started rounding people up, and they were going to take them off to, um, off to basically sell them into slavery, I think was the word that the paper was using. What Norman felt strongly about was that, I, that we don't paint this in the same way as Africans being sold into slavery at the same time. He wanted to point out that they had a, a different experience. Um, perhaps we're looking really at, in the case of Norman MacLeod rounding up these people here, that they'd be sold into indentured servitude for seven years and then go on and do great things. I, I have not studied this. I have not, um, I don't know enough. I'm not intelligent on this subject. I'm aware of it. I'm aware of s- slavery compared to indentured servitude, but I don't know the experiences that indentured servants ended up having, how many of them went on to live great lives afterwards, or did it break a bunch of them? I don't know. I haven't said that. I know a little bit more about African slavery just from U.S. history, but uh, 
I can't speak intelligently. I just think he just didn't want to come off as painting that all the same picture and have his name on it. So Norman, I really try hoping to, I'm doing right by you. Also, I did go back. I looked at YouTube. YouTube is what I go to often when I've got a place name and I've only seen it written. I should have done it before the last episode, but guys, I don't have time to look up every single detail on for everything I talk about on a podcast. And so I think it, I would never publish anything. I would just be in stuck in land of perfectionism at a, a certain point. And that's definitely true of this episode you're listening to right now. I've just got to say, you know what? I've either got to send it or never put out podcasts episodes. So I can't, I can't dial in everything just as tight as I would like to. The, what, what I'm referring to last episode was the pronunciation of Danagari. Dunagati is a town in Northern Ireland where Norman MacLeod stopped off before they ended up pushing out across the Atlantic to the colonies in North America, and that's where everybody got loose and stuff became known, what kind of shady crap he was up to, and um, it all his, his old plan kind of became unraveled there in Dunagati, which I looked up and found on YouTube, and that has been my... That's how I learned to pronounce Loch Fine. I always pronounce it Loch Finn. And it's Loch Fine. And uh, there's been a bunch of other pronunciations I've between YouTube and my listeners squaring me away, which I don't, I'm not offended at all. If you guys hear me, and probably Sinclair could be tuned up just a little bit. Yeah, I think we pronounce it a little bit differently here in the US versus Scotland. I hope I'm coming close. So it's more of like a sink sound at the beginning of it instead of like a in in here in us we say sinclair it's sinclair um you see the spelling saint Clair. Qu- quite a while of their early history and it changes right in the time period that we're going to be talking about today anyway norman i hope that i hope that i did right by you anyway <laughs> Um, and guys, I just want to let you know that thank you for being patient with a little bit more time in between my episodes. Life has been bonkers lately. I've learned, I'm learning, still learning a whole new career. I've moved to Northern Utah. Um, well, more Northern Utah, like, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm an Idahoan and, uh, really happy about that in case I haven't mentioned it before. And, uh, I can see Idaho from where I'm at. So that's an improvement. I really enjoyed my stay for any listeners who might be connected in any way to Southern Utah County. Those people down there were awesome. We had a great experience down there. I wanted to get back up north. I needed a change in professionally. So we've got some big changes, but there's lots that go on top of this. It's kind of late, later than I wanted to record this right now. But I've we've moved up here to Logan and... Um, we're, we're hopefully, if, if any of you are listening in the Logan, Utah area, Southeast Idaho, Northern Utah, Brigham, any of those areas, reach out, say hi, let me know. Um, you guys are awesome. I've got awesome listeners. If you're even just listening to this, thank you. Thank you. And you're probably thinking, Roger, thank you, but just get on with the content because I clicked on this for a reason and it wasn't to hear your personal life. I'm just saying it affects this. It affects my online course. That's coming out, guys. It's coming out, and it's coming out probably in the next few weeks. There's just one event, one thing big that needs to happen before that happens, and it's scheduled to happen in the next couple of weeks. So bear with me. 
I put a lot of effort into it. I really do think it's going to be beneficial if you're serious about learning about Scottish clans. So it's on the it's on the origins of the Scottish clans, which actually has implications for a lot of things farther down the timeline. But anyway, just be patient with me. A lot of big changes. Let's get to the Sinclairs. All right. The Sinclairs, starting off. You guys know how I love a good origin story, right? Well, we're not going to talk that much about it with the Sinclairs because I want to get to something else, and I don't want this to take too much. Uh, I, I want this to be fairly short. We're just laying the groundwork today for the next episode where we're going to be talking about the Battle of Summerdale. The Battle of Summerdale is a very interesting battle, and it, it occurs um, in land that we have not discussed yet. But let's discuss the Sinclairs and let's set the context for it ahead of time, shall we? The Sinclairs, their origin, as much as I love a good origin story, the only thing I'm going to say about them is that they're, they're Normans, okay? They came with William the Conqueror, got established there in England first, then pushed up to Scotland like so many other notable kindreds we've discussed before. Um, they looks like the first real big title land thing that they have is they become the Barons of Roslyn. Later on, through marriage, they obtained the Earldom of Orkney. Now, the Earldom of Orkney, is a, is a, that's an old earldom. I believe it included the Shetland Islands as well. If I'm wrong, you can put it in the comments on the Facebook. Uh, guys, if, if you're commenting on the episode, I share this with other Facebook groups. Don't comment there. Just listen to it. Come over to the Scottish Clans Facebook page group, sorry, group, there's a difference, Facebook group, find where I posted the episode there, comment there, I, the, it gets too scattered out if I get this into me, or send me an email at thescottishclans at gmail.com. All right, so reach out, correct me, but that's, that's my understanding. Okay, um, they obtained that earldom, it's an old earldom, goes back to early Scandinavian settlers, like Viking Age stuff. Um, there's problems with that Viking Age term, but that's, I'm, I'd be, I would be digressing if I followed that. Uh, but they, through marriage, inherit the earldom of Orkney. As soon as they inherit that earldom, it looks like they start hooking a cousin up with lands and titles, because they... they before long, I mean, very quickly, you have people by the last name of Sinclair obtaining lands and titles of some sort or another in those islands. Before long, you have Sinclairs that are well-established in the Northern Isles, and so you have that branch of the family that's up and going. And so you have, so what I want, what I want you to see is that you have these different branches developing, starting with William, the third Earl of Orkney, the Earl of, the actual earldom in the hands of the Sinclairs goes away for the Orkney, but for the Caithness, it just is starting. And that becomes kind of the center of gravity. You still have the a branch of the Barons of Rosslyn and the Lord Sinclair, but the Earls of Caithness become the dominant kindred. Okay. Before I tell you why I think this is interesting and the questions I have about this, I want to talk about my sponsor, USA Kilts. Guys, seriously, I went just earlier today, I went for a walk in my kilt and I got some weird looks from my neighbors because I don't know them yet. And I just kind of live out in the country a little ways and 
went for a little walk, just trying to soak in the environment, learn a few things, kind of get, <clears throat> take the temperature of my surroundings out here. It was a little cool, speaking of temperature, not, not cold, but, but not hot as some maize can get. And so I was out there in my five-yard wool kilt in the McFarland hunting tartan, just enjoying my walk. Um, guys, I love these kilts that USA Kilts makes. Am I a connoisseur of kilts? No, I am not. But I know a good garment when I've got one on. Also, my experience with them as a customer has been outstanding. I recommend them to you. Guys, if you want to get something that shows off your pride in your Scottish or generally Celtic heritage, because I got stuff for the other groups as well that consider themselves Celtic, go on there, usakilts.com. I think you like what you find. You'll be pleased with their customer service, free shipping in the U.S. Also, the YouTube channel. It's got tons of good content on there. I find myself regularly, um, and it's because they come up in my feed on YouTube. I'm not just going on there and listening stuff because, gosh, I guess I better talk, watch some stuff so I can talk about them and my sponsor when I do my pod. Nope. I just, one will pop up in my feed. It'll look like an interesting title. I'll click on it, and there's the guys from USA Kilts doing, uh, talking about things that I think are interesting. So go out and check out their YouTube channel as well. All right. Um, why is this interesting? So you got these different branches of the Sinclairs developing. Now, I'm going to refer back to my copy of the Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia, basically the gold standard of research. <laughs> now, some of you are going to cringe when I say that, and not that this is a bad book. I just think that it's interesting... If you Google, this the whole point of this podcast is just push past the Google stuff, you know, what you're going to get on a Google search. Now, I will say that since I started being interested in this, what you're finding now is of better quality. And some of the websites that that started off being, a, okay, here you can learn about these clans and their clan histories here, they have better material, they have articles written, um, there, there's, there's a little bit more depth there. Um, it's not just reading a, a Wikipedia article. However, I did notice that a lot of the information that's on these websites is pretty much taken from the Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia. Uh, I know that we've jested a little bit before about this in times past. It's not because it's horrible material. But let me just give you an example of why I think we have to be just... Just don't take it at face value. All right, here under the Sinclair part of the book, it says, it's talking about after the Earl of Caithness died at Flodden in 1513 following his royal master, James IV. The next paragraph starts with, the chiefship followed with the earldom of Caithness, and the fourth earl, George, was as fierce as any of his Viking ancestors. Okay. The chiefship. What does that mean for the Sinclairs? Does that mean that the Sinclairs are established up in the Northern Isles, those who have made their home in Caithness, as well as the barons of Rosslyn and their connected groups of that branch down there, the Lords Sinclair? Does that mean that they're all, all acknowledging, because that's kind of the, if you don't know better and you're reading this book as your primary source, 
you are getting the picture that the Earl of Caithness, and it's he's like the Earl of Argyle, right? The Earl, the Campbells are a great example of this because guess what? These far-flung branches of the Campbells did still look back to the Earl of Argyle as the overall chief. The, so you have him out of Inverary, and you have the Campbells way up by the Murray Firth, the Campbells of Cotter, and... They are, and then you have in the lowlands down south, you have the Campbells of Luden. And they really actually did all see him. Now, as time goes on, he felt like he had to bind them to him with bonds of man rent. I did a whole episode on bonds of man rent and bonds of friendship. <clears throat> it's back a ways, but it's there. I try to make my titles very descriptive so they're easy to find. Um, I don't know with the Sinclairs. I don't know. I couldn't find, and I granted, I, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't get to reading on this. And if I'd have waited till I'd read all of it, good luck on your next episode being in six months from now. But I didn't find anything in what I did read that the other far-flung, more southerly branches of the Sinclairs were following the Earls of Caithness as the Campbells of Glenorchy or Auchenbreck or Ard Kinglis were following the Earl of Argyle. I didn't see that similar relationship. I suspect it's more like we talked about the Frasers recently. You have the Frasers of Philorth in the northeastern uh, lowlands, north of Aberdeen, and you had the Frasers of Lovett, the highland ones, and it doesn't look like they interacted very much. They very much became their own separate kindreds and did their own things. And they were not united under a common chief. Th- that's what I think it looks like the Sinclairs are developing as. Do you know any different? Do you know better than that? Please reach out. Either e- email me. I gave it earlier. The Scottish Clans at gmail.com. You, you can uh, message me via Facebook Messenger. You can find that pretty easy. Two ways you can reach out. Um, Probably the best two ways. And let me know if you have any uh, information that would clarify this relationship that the Sinclairs had the different branches. Here's one thing I am convinced of, because we always, a lot of of the times, unless we're talking about a Highland clan like the Camerons or the Mackays, we are talking about whether a kindred, and a lot of times it comes into question in the lowlands, right? Because that's the big debate. Did the lowlands have clans? Um, on the borders, they had something that absolutely looked like clans. That's, I think, way beyond question. They didn't call them clans. That's okay. They use different vocabulary. Same thing. Um, different words. Heedmen, writing surnames, whatever they, you know, between chief and clans and whatever. Okay. Vocabulary is a little bit different, but organizationally, we're looking at something really. The, the Scottish government saw them as the same thing. What about the rest of the lowlands, though? That's not on the borders. Um, Caithness is included in what the region of Scotland, not the political unit, but the the region that's referred to as the Highlands. If you look at most maps that have a line that separates Highlands and Lowlands, right? Because everything's so easy to separate in their tidy little boxes. So we've got a line that separates Lowland and Highland. And Caithness is usually considered part of that Highland region. Here's the deal. Was all of Caithness ever Gaelic? 
I think you get fuzzy on the western edges edges of it. Once again, I kind of am hesitant to draw hard lines. But on the western edges of Caithness, probably in parts of Caithness over there, that there was probably some some Gallic areas. I, I believe, my understanding is that good chunks of Caithness were never Gallic-speaking. They were Picts at one time, and then the Norse came in and conquered all that area, and it went straight from Pictish to some form of Old Norse, which eventually became Norn, which is a descendant language of Old Norse, in that northeastern, or that far up in that far north Caithness area. And they just skipped that whole Gallic stage that other parts of Scotland went through. Um, now, I did read a article written by Alex Wolf, very prominent professor, and he and he's writing about the was 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 Shetland and Orkney were they what kind of Celtic was spoken there? He makes he doesn't decide that this is going to be his hill he's going to die on, but he does just throw it out there just for consideration that perhaps the version of Celt- the Celtic language that was spoken in the Northern Isles had more in common with the Goidelic branch of the Celtic family than it did with the Brythonic branch. Not to get too far off on that tangent, but you have the Sin- Sinclairs up there, even though it's considered Highland and Caithness, um, was it, it wasn't Gallic. Does that mean it wasn't Clannish? No, that's not what it means. Um, I think the evidence points towards that the Sinclairs, at least the Sinclairs of Caithness and probably the Northern Isles, they look a lot like a clan. And next episode, we're going to get into the Battle of Summerdale, and we're going to dive into that a little deeper. All right? Well, I just passed my 20-minute mark. So we're going to begin to wrap it up. There's a little something on the Sinclairs. There's Scandinavian connection. I think that's really interesting about them. We explained how the different branches where they where they split off from the main trunk, right? How we get the different earldoms. They acquire the earldom of Orkney by marriage. They come into the... About the same time they're acquiring the earldom of Caithness, the earldom of Orkney is passing out of their hands. You have the barons of Roslyn, the Lord Sinclair. These the main different branches. The big question that we're leaving, wrapping up this with, is were these different branches part of a larger cohesive unit, acknowledging the Earl of Caithness as the head of the, the broader kindred in the same way that the Campbells acknowledged the Earl of Argyle, or were they more like the Frasers, coming from originally a common stock, yet branching into different bra- uh, kindreds, branches, that acted very independently of each, of each other? Did the Barons of Rosslyn ever follow the later Earls of Caithness as their chief and head, in the same way that the Campbells of Craig Nish followed the Earls of Argyle? Or do they just go in their own separate ways? I don't know, guys, I don't know. I am convinced, though, that the, the very far north, Earls of Caithness and those who are in the Northern Isles, they start to look very much like a clan up there. But I don't know enough about the Earl, Barons of Roslyn and their Lords Sinclair to comment on that. If you have input that you want included in the beginning of the next episode because you know a lot about Sinclairs, go ahead and 
email me, thescottishclans.com. Guys, go check out my website at scottish-clans.com. I got other resources on there. I've got free PDF downloads. You want a you want a graphic out lining out the whole all the how all the different branches of the McDonald's fit together. Go check it out. I've got that for free on there. I've got some other treats for you if you want to get super nerdy about stuff. I've got some my I've got my master's thesis on there you can download. Go go to scottish-clans.com. If you want to, if you like what you're hearing and you want to contribute to the cause, Go to scottish-clans.com forward slash team, and you can buy me a drink on there, like an energy drink, honestly. At the gas station, they're creeping up on four bucks now. You used to be able to get one for two fifty. It's going the same way of milk. Buy me, buy me a gallon of milk. <laughs> Go on scottish-clans.com forward slash team, buy me some milk, will you? Buy me a gallon of milk. Uh, no, I'm, 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 look, Hey, it's, I'm a big fan of freedom. If you like what you're hearing, you want to contribute, that's where you go. If, uh, if you want to hold back, go ahead and hold back. We'll still, we'll still keep giving you free stuff via this, this podcast. Hope you're liking it. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate you guys being with me. The online course is coming out. It's for so close, so close. I mean, within a couple weeks or so, I know I said that a while ago, but some big life things happened and, we had to deal with those, and I, they 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 bumped the online course to the side. But I invested too much in it to not pursue it, so I will. It's coming. And guys, stay tuned for the next episode on the Battle of Summerdale. Until then, Martian Leven Rasta.